Petri Wine brings you... This episode from the life of Sherlock Holmes will be transmitted to our men and women overseas by shortwave and through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Welcome, fellow Sherlockians. I'm Mike. And I'm Tom. And this is I Heart Sherlock. Hey, Tom. Yes, Mike. Uh, you remember Courtney? I do remember Courtney. Chris's girlfriend introduced us way back when? Yes, way back when. Too tall for him, I think, was what our thoughts were. I believe so. Yes. It looked like a capital and lowercase letter put together. <laughs> um, but she, uh, she, as you, I'm sure you remember, she does photography. I do remember. I've seen pictures from all over the world. They're fantastic. She does. She travels all over the place. Um, I follow her on Facebook and Instagram. She does incredible family portraits. Um, amongst other types of photography. Um, she's really excellent at what she does. Yes, if we end up going to London, to Baker Street, you think she'd photograph us there? I think she absolutely uh, would. Yes, we're going to book it. Yes, that sounds good. I mean, we're going to have to pay for board and room and stuff, but I'm okay with oh, it. Oh, never mind. That's it. All right, well, yep, sorry, Court. I guess we're not going to <laughs> London now. Uh, but in all seriousness, though, our friend Courtney, she does incredible photography work. She lives to do it. It's her passion, and she is incredibly great at it. So if you have any photography needs, please contact Courtney. Her Instagram handle is Courtney Michelle Photog. That's her official site. And then as Tom mentioned, she loves to travel. So her personal Instagram page that you can follow her on is Courtney M. Lund. So please, I will post a post uh, so that people can see her Instagram pages, so on and so forth. But yeah, check her out for all your photography needs. Welcome back, Holmesians and Sherlockians. Episode 21, Tom. It's been a year since we've been doing it. That's crazy. A year. I know. We talked about that last week. It's it's hard to believe the anniversary is already here. It is. It's yeah. really, really nuts. We're, uh, we're kicking off our second annual I Heart Sherlock holiday season with... Christmas stories featuring Sherlock Holmes. Yes, I like because that's how we that's how we started everything. Yep, and uh, it'll just be an annual annual tradition, I think. Yeah, yeah, and for the fifth anniversary, just a little sneak peek, we will finally tell you how the ectoplasmic man ends. Just saying. Yeah, we might actually do that. <laughs> so uh, for those, that's, that's a deep cut. <laughs> it's a deep cut. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Believe it or not, Tom, I took those down. <laughs> Not I everywhere. Did. Not everywhere. <laughs> oh, my. A few, uh, few platforms may still have them, I'm just saying. Okay. Well, apparently there's a few platforms out there that have uh, the first couple episodes of this whole show where I was doing it solo. And uh, apparently that exists out there on... Wow, what, what network is Podcast this? Podcast Addict. All right. Podcast <laughs> Addict. All right. Well, Podcast Addict, folks, you can uh, check... Check me out in the first uh, the first three episodes. Couple couple bonus episodes. Couple there. Bonus episodes. It's the the book that was started never finished. Yes. So uh, <laughs> fun fun fun. Um, the pilot. That's funny. The pilot. It is the pilot. That's yeah. very very funny. Um, I noticed so, that the other day. I had to bring it up. That's all. I was scrolling through the feed. I'm like, hey. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It was. Uh, I realized, folks, that. I didn't like listening to me for 40 minutes. <laughs> yep. 
I was like, man, this is, I don't even want to listen to this. Why can I put this up so people can listen to it? I was listening. I appreciate that. <laughs> I felt like I was droning on. But uh, that's funny. Well, here we are. We can drone on together now. Yes, and... we can. Drone on together yeah. and mutual droning. <laughs> uh, Yuletide droning, as it were, that's today. It, Twin droning engines. That's yes. <laughs> power, power jets. <laughs> so, yeah, we got we got three three Christmas stories to hand just today. Um, there's the adventure of the canine ventriloquist. Our second one is the adventure of the man who never laughed. And then for the finale, we have, I think it's the Yuletide. Yuletide Affair. Yuletide Affair. Yes. So. All from the 1996 yes. uh, publishing of Homes for the Holidays. Yes. Homes for the Holidays. Edited by Ann Perry. Uh, no, not edited by Ann Perry. Her name is the biggest name on the book. Oh. Uh, it is edited by Martin H. Greenberg. Oh. John L. Lellenberg and Carolyn Lynn Wow, uh, and authorized by Dame Jean Cotton Doyle. Fair enough. Yeah. So uh, not very many books get that authorization, whether it's uh, important to you or not, but this is an official, officially released Holmes collection. You know, while we're on the subject, I know why Sir Arthur Cotton Doyle got a knighthood. Yeah. Do we know why Jean Doyle got one? Uh, I have no idea. All right. I, I, I just imagined it was the Doyle name, probably. Oh, so tales get transferred that way. That's interesting. Oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I I don't know. That is, somebody write in and tell us. Yeah, if you know the answer. Yeah. Call in! Our, our our brother and sister Holmesians across the <laughs> pond. If you know the answer to that, please somebody knows. DM. Somebody's yeah. got to know. Somebody's <laughs> got to know. I agree. Um, we are Americans. We do not. This is true. <laughs> couple tidbits um, before we get into the, the main course here. Um, I started reading the biography of Sherlock Holmes. Okay. Right? Yes. Yeah. Um, the only character that I know of <laughs> anywhere yeah. that has a whole book written by a literary scholar Wow. about, about him and his life. Yeah. Um, it's... William Baring Gould. Okay. So, and it's called the, uh, the the Life of Sherlock Holmes. Okay. And I just started reading that, and it's it's I'm like twenty pages in. Yeah. Very fascinating. Um, Very interesting. It is because they plots out from his birth, childhood, his his parents' history, and uh, it's he's a real person. Wow. Pretty freaking amazing. I'm excited to read the rest. So here, here's a question I have then. Mm-hmm. Is this the only biography out there? I mean, probably not, I suppose. If it's not the only one, it was the first. Oh, is is this authorized by the Doyle estate or family? I have to look at it. Because I asked this question because if it is, this would mean this is like officially the for lack of a better term, canonical yeah. details of Sherlock Holmes' life. That's true. And so, if you wanted to fit in with the canon, you would have to use this as like a, a yeah. research a research uh, piece true. to yeah. do future novels. Yeah, I think it was written in 67. Okay. Uh, 1967, folks. I realized that we're in the <laughs> 21st century now. Crazy. Yeah. Um, so many, many moons ago, and yeah. I have to look at, I have to look at it. 
Uh, it's actually my car. Um, but, um, yeah, like, it, the table of contents. Yeah. It is broken down by years. Like, yeah, like okay. spans of years. Yeah. All the way through. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the, the Barry Gold annotated Sherlock Holmes, um, countless hours of work was put into that. Mm. Um, and as for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, Sherlockians, Holmesians would like to play what's called the game. And we pre, mm. we pretend that we suspend our disbelief. We pretend that Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson were real people existing in real time and space. Yes. And so that's how this annotated book is approached. Um, even down to finding out what particular days and the span <laughs> length of cases took place, uh, which I think we've shared a couple times for a couple yeah. of the cases. So it's it's a very scholarly work, and I'm excited to continue reading it. Yeah, I want to hear more updates about that, yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, too, a customer of mine, uh, the same one, uh, Mr. John Jackson, if you're listening, um, <laughs> he was gracious enough to bequeath me uh, a quite a few books okay um before and i told mentioned this before um that we can start you know that we can work through but he just recently gave me about 30 cassette tapes oh uh all sherlock holmes nice so like radio shows or audiobooks um some are audiobooks okay um there's the basil rathbone and nigel bruce there's like 10 cassettes of that yes i have those on cd oh that's awesome i got them for a christmas present a couple years ago oh very dope yeah barnes noble had them yeah, that is that's freaking cool. Yeah, and I I found also too, because uh, I look I, I looked it up, and I found the page. I'll share it with you. Um, it not only has the Nigel Bruce and Basil Rathbone. Yeah, it has the other the next person that took over Sherlock Holmes. Okay, and Nigel Bruce. Oh, that's gotta be weird to hear. Yeah, and then <laughs> after that, it was two just two other gentlemen. Yeah. And it was interesting, all the further adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Oh, okay. So I was like, this is actually really cool. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, he, he gave me 30 cassette tapes with different renditions and different recitals of the different different stories. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, pretty freaking cool. So it's very grateful for that. I'm excited to dive into those. Yeah. Um, I still have, believe it or not, folks, and for you youngins, a cassette player. Look I was going to ask if you could listen to him. Yeah. yeah, look it up. Um, so that was before CDs, which for you guys is you may not know what a CD is either. But you know what? It's funny because now that uh, vinyls have made a comeback, uh, yeah, I mean they're they're fully back at this point. Uh, yeah, they sell them in stores instead of CDs. Uh, mm-hmm. Honestly, right now, what I did not see coming, I will admit, is cassettes are actually making a comeback, Mike. Yeah? Yeah. I think, honestly, I think we have Guardians of the Galaxy to thank for that. Oh, the original yeah. one. Because that awesome mix. Mm-hmm. When that movie mm-hmm. came out, they released a special edition soundtrack on oh, cassette. No oh, that's That's kind cool. of like a novelty thing because yeah. it was fit with the movie. Mm-hmm. But somehow, as most old retro novelty things do, that caught on. And... Uh, once in a while, I f- I'll find myself in an FYE or something, you know, mm-hmm. a music store. There's a few of them le- a few of them around. And uh, every now and then, something will come out just on cassette that's as cool. well. And they'll carry them in stores. And that's... I don't get it. Because 
a lot of people will say vinyls, right? The sound, right? Like the grooves, mm-hmm. the sounds better. I've never heard anyone argue that a cassette tape sounds better. <laughs> I think even when cassettes were like the thing, mm-hmm. everyone was like, this is still pretty bad. <laughs> like, like yeah. the radio is better than a cassette tape. I gotcha, I gotcha. It's all warbled and, you know, you got to get a pencil also, to it. Yeah, and, I think it all depends on the condition that it's in. I guess um, that's true. Because you have that tape, the tape's exposed yeah, on that yeah. bottom. So, I mean, if you're rough with it, yeah. you're throwing it around. It could probably get trashy. But, like, isn't a cassette tape, no matter how new a cassette tape is, it's always going to sound worse than a CD? Tom, that's a good question, and (laughs) I could probably answer it uh, soon. Because amidst the the tapes that John gave me, there is a sealed, unopened, young Sherlock Holmes soundtrack. (laughs) Unopened. Wow. The movie by Steven Spielberg. All right. So I was like, yo, this is awesome. Even if if, if this was the only thing he gave me, this is totally <laughs> worth it. Um, so that, I, I was like, it's sealed. I was like, that's crazy. Nice. It was a dollar. Oh, like has the price tag on the it? The price tag's on it was a dollar. <laughs> I was like, holy smokes, man. This is so cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah, those all are right, some exciting right. stuff. So Still um, a freaky movie, a young Sherlock Holmes. Uh, you yeah. said it before, we'll say it again. Scared, it's a freaky movie. Scared the daylights out of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and holds no canonical anything to it. It's Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, they meant boarding school. There's, it's all completely non-canonical. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let's, uh, let's dive in here. Yes. The Adventure of the Canine Ventriloquist by, I almost said Doctor. By John L. Breen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we can make him a doctor. John L. Breen, if you're listening, you're a doctor now. What can I say? <laughs> so, first thoughts, Thomas. Uh, okay, so first thoughts about this. I was I was so looking forward to reading these stories, Mike, because so we had I. such a good time last year. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think we're going to get a few more in this year than we did last yeah. year, which is good. Um, you, you never know what path the authors are going to take these characters in. It's true. Uh, and and for some reason, the Watson in this story, mm-hmm. I thought was so mean and like judgmental of this poor guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I'm reading it and so... Uh, so th- this guy comes in, right? And, and he's he has a problem and Watson is so concerned about the pudding... That he's not oh, eating. Yeah. Like he's got all these like inner monologues of like, and I had to listen to this stupid idiot because mm-hmm. the pudding's getting cold and and he like <laughs> like, like Watson was just mad that somebody was here. Yeah. And he kept calling him like crazy and insane. And even after he left, he's like, Holmes, you're taking that stupid case. Like I mean, like I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> but like Holmes seemed jolly compared to Watson. Oh yeah, he uh, was thrilled. <laughs> He's like, I am thrilled, Watson. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's what struck me first, is that Watson seemed a little grumpy. Yeah. And Holmes did seem jolly. Like, Holmes jolly, though, at other people's expense sometimes. Because <laughs> yeah. he invites this guy in and he's like, oh, we'll get you some, we'll get you some food. We, uh, I, would you like some food and drink? Mrs. Hudson, by the way, is the one making all of this. And Holmes was very hospitable with Mrs. Hudson's cooking and serving. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Holmes is not doing anything. He's like, oh, come in, make yourself at home. We'll get you something to eat. 
I can see Mrs. Hudson in the back rolling her eyes as she's yeah. collecting these plates. Uh-huh. Like, now i got to go back in the kitchen and make more stuff. Make more stuff for this guy. Because this guy that Watson's uh, angry at is here. But, <laughs> yeah. That was my first impression. What was your first impression, Mike? It's a very peculiar case. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, I think to myself, who's there to... Who's there to blame for his descent into madness? Because that's all his own doing in his head. Yes. So it's like, did somebody really make you feel, go through all that? Like, is somebody responsible for the downfall of your writing? You know, I, yeah. I don't know. Because, I mean, I, just in case you didn't read it, um, which you should, oh, but yeah. in case you didn't, this guy comes in and he essentially, he's saying that... Um, this painting he he was given as a gift and then he was given a dog right yes. and then the painting is like a of a ventriloquist but the person is the dog the person is the dummy the person is the dummy and the dog is the one operating the dummy in yeah. the painting because he did the, he wrote some sort of article on ventriloquism that's right that's right yes and then he compare he didn't compare it but he he made mention of how Charlatans, mm. spiritual, spiritualists, right. yes. can use it in their practice. Yeah. And that, in turn, upset his wife. Yes. And so he gets this oh, painting. Oh, his wife. This, oh, the, the uh, he's dating. Yeah, he's a, almost engaged. Almost engaged, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they get a dog, but then, like, it turns out someone is switching picture paintings on him. Yes. Essentially, because then he gets, what, a scarf or, or something? There's a handkerchief. A handkerchief. And then all of a sudden, he has a handkerchief, but the handkerchief's no longer in the painting. Yeah. And then the dog's no longer... Like, it's, it's just like... It's like some weird reverse Christmas Dorian Gray thing going on. Yeah. You know, like... And yeah, he's, that's a good way to put it. It's driving him insane. Yes. And he's unable to write, and he's unable to... You know, his fiance's leavening him, you know. Yeah. Uh, although they're still going to a Christmas party together later, and <laughs> it's... And he comes to Holmes for help, because yeah. he feels like he's insane. Yeah. And he's hearing voices. He's hearing voices. Yeah. He thinks that the dog is talking to him. Yes. So it's uh it's definitely an interesting tale. Um It took me a little bit at first as I'm as I'm as I was reading it. And eventually I was like, okay, so they have to be swapped out. Right. That's the most logical answer, but the question is who? Um I thought I felt like his his girlfriend or his he soon to be betrothed yeah. was was acting kind of nasty. I agree. Um, I felt bad for him. Yeah, and like I don't get this. Doesn't really doesn't happen to me, <laughs> but like I felt secondhand embarrassment for this man. Yeah, when they they reveal this pain, you're like oh, it's a gift for you, and he's <laughs> looking at it like, what is this? <laughs> Are you? I'm a dummy. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Like, what is this? And then it, just the way the whole thing carries on, I wasn't, I don't, I wasn't a fan of the conclusion. It seemed really rushed. It was, and yeah. there was nothing to support it. No, it, yeah, it was it, for it, us to find. I agree. Uh, in fact, I, I wrote down it. It might have made for a better novel had it been fleshed out more. You know, yeah. because Watson. Ends up going to this house with the Christmas party alone for all these friends that are allegedly been yeah. making fun of him. And Holmes is like, I'll meet you there, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we all know he's somewhere, you know, because it's 
we're not fooled anymore as readers uh, hearing things like that. It's like Holmes disguises. There's like a million disguises in these stories today. Correct. And we're not fooled anymore. But no. in the story, people are still fooled. And uh, all these characters we meet for the first time, and the case is already pretty much solved. Mm -hmm. And it kind of reminded me of the Christmas Demon, last year's novel, in the sense where they kind of went back and forth meeting different people. Right. And you and I, Mike, really, really wrestled with who of this cast of characters is going to be the, the villain. Yeah, there was a and lot of we suspects. Were, we were fooled till the end, I think, yeah. I remember being. And in here, we were fooled, but also, like you said, there was nothing to even go on. Yeah. It was just a quick summation, and right. that was it. Had we had a novel where this chapter, they Holmes and Watson go there, and they meet some of the people, and then they go back somewhere else, and, right. da, 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 and it's all taking place during Christmas, but it was so rushed... Um, yeah, the payoff didn't really work for me. No, I agree. Yeah. And like you said, there was nothing to go on. At no point in the story were, did we receive the information that, oh, he's the, he's a, he's a realtor. He actually right. showed this man, you know, yeah. you know, leased the man, his home, his yeah. apartment, nothing like that. Um, so that's, I agree. That was very lackluster for me. Yeah. I, and and we have that that type of Holmes character portrayal where he knows everything, but there's really no reason why he should know these things. Yeah. But they're like it's Holmes, so he's got to know it. But right. if the author isn't really planting those seeds all along, correct. You can't pull a fast one. Correct. And that was the big contention with early detective stories before before Conan Doyle. Yeah. That yeah. was the big complaint. It's like out of nowhere, there's this big flourish at the end. Yeah. And it's like, wow, no clue. Yeah. None of that was picked up on. None yep. of it was relayed. So uh, I agree. Um, I don't think it was poorly written. No, no, it just needed um, more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I and it, it was, like it was a good 20 pages, I think. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't super short. I just think he, I think the author had more, more that he wanted to do and just, yeah. you know he needed to hit his 20 and you know yeah that he didn't have time yeah that's also a possibility too yeah. practical time constraints uh, let's see the the second one that we did the adventure, the adventure of the man who never laughed ah yes so we start out with Holmes and Watson both being startled by the same sound outside. Yes. I think it is worth noting, before we jump into the story, mm -hmm. that this is this author seems to be participating in the game where he credits Watson as the author yes. and himself as the editor. Correct. John H. Watson, discovered by yeah. J.N. Williamson. So because it's a, a short story in a collection, there's no prologue of how he discovered something. Correct. But uh, he does mention the tin box at the end of the story. Yeah. So I uh, I appreciate that. This, this is obviously somebody who enjoys Holmes and wants to participate in this fun. Yes. Yeah. I agree, and that's always uh, the, the mark of a of a of a Sherlockian author. Yeah. That's when you do that. Yeah. I agree. Um. So they're they're both startled by the same sound. I don't think we're ever told what the sound is. No, I don't and, think we are. Uh, they are. Or is it? Is it the post, the early post that came? Is it a knock on the door? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But it, it it at first Watson thought that it was Holmes. Right. Um. 
And so when he came out and Holmes was there, he thought it was Holmes making the racket. Yeah. And he's like, on the contrary, he's like, I'm out here for the same reason you are. Yeah. He's like, I didn't know what the sound was. I actually like the playful back and forth between them. So do I. Like, he's going through his mail on the floor. Yeah. Like, stretching. And it, yeah. It's very interesting. The, the, the description of Holmes in pajamas uh-huh. with, like, his bare feet wiggling. and It was just a weird... Not a bad, but just like we don't see that too often. But no, these are just two don't. guys at home on a on a holiday season morning, you know. Yeah, and, I uh, agree. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is. I think this was my favorite of the three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Even though it's still some of it is is a little strange, but yeah, it is a little strange. Yeah. Um, for me, there was a couple lines. So this this woman can't find her brother and she wants to locate him his name's Sydney um and so she writes to Sherlock asking for help yeah um the instances are relayed to Holmes in normal fashion one thing that I didn't understand because they never came back to it was is that the brother had said to his sister like, he left abruptly from the, from a meal table and then said, don't you know, sister, that I'm the I'm the one that you should trust the least or something mm. like that? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, whoa, that's sinister. Yeah. I forgot about that myself. Yeah. yeah. They never went back to it. Huh. So I felt like that was either received wrong by me. Right. Um, or the author was going in a direction and then decided not to go in a yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I had really too many other contentions with this either. No, I mean, I I liked. I think I liked the way it was the way it was written, as opposed to the story itself. Okay. Um, like we described the the things in the morning. Um, I also there is. I know both of us really like the. When Holmes praises Watson for, like, being a good guy, being right. a good friend. Um, and I feel like there is a... <clears throat> oh, yeah. When when Holmes is talking, uh, he <clears throat> says, I have often placed my life in his hands. There is no abler man. You know, I just enjoy when Holmes recognizes Watson as a quality guy who he can't be without. Yes. And so anytime Holmes is doing that in one of these... Uh, pastiche stories, I, I, I'm automatically in, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, because he, he gives Watson his due. Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. Um, and I like the ending. Yeah. Not that he end. Oh, so, um, not the ending of, the, again, not the ending of the case. I liked the ending of Holmes and Watson, like, trudging off into the snow to go caroling. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, like, it's really cool. Because this is definitely like a this is one. This Holmes is a he doesn't really like Christmas Holmes. Again, you never know which Holmes you're gonna get in these stories. It's true. You get a gung ho about Christmas Holmes. You get a, I hate Christmas Holmes. Yeah. This is an I hate Christmas Holmes. Mm-hmm. But it's a I know Watson loves Christmas, and I'm gonna go out yes. of my comfort zone mm-hmm. to celebrate Christmas with my one and only friend. Not only that, the conductor was in the spot. Yeah, oh, that's right. He did it for the sake of his promise yeah. that he made. Yeah. Because this guy was not able to, to, to carol because of his condition. Yeah, so he's like, yeah. they're missing a person. I can't leave them hanging. Yeah. 
which I, th- I agree, I thought was was wonderful. Yeah. Because um, we don't always see that side of him, and it's nice to see it. Yeah, I like I like the characterizations of Holmes and Watson in this story. Yeah. I will say, because the story itself is about essentially a, a, a real condition, I think the, the author mentions at the end of the story, um, he thanks somebody for bringing this condition of this like must facial muscular condition. Yeah, Watson reads it in a journal. Mobius, Mobius syndrome. Yes. Um and uh I I kind of I kind of felt Do you remember you're a comic book guy? Yeah. Like do you remember every now and then there were like comic book characters that would appear in like a very special edition of a comic book? Okay to to do something that wasn't like in their realm like um like i i, I have uh, an old copy of a mickey and goofy comic book okay but it was put it was official it's licensed by disney uh from like the 60s maybe or 70s okay but it's mickey and goofy on like an adventure to help save energy or something like okay. that. So it was like a promotional comic book. Right. For like a cause. Okay. But it was the real characters. And so as a kid, you get kind of confused reading that, you know, right. because I'm like, I like Mickey and Goofy. Why are they like in an office complex talking about like solar energy and stuff? Like it was right. kind of weird, right? Yeah. Um, and I kind of felt like that's what this was. It's like, hey, it's Holmes and Watson. But this is kind of like a... A PSA for like a a rare medical condition. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like it's almost a story, but it's not. It's more right. of like a. And the more you know, <laughs> like those old <laughs> NBC thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, that's kind of how like it was the after school special version of, of Holmes and Watson. Yeah. I don't know. That's what struck me as that. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Um, I I think that I thought it was interesting that. The article that Watson was referring to had referenced Freud. I did think that was interesting too. Freud has that Holmes connection with Nicholas Meyer. Yeah, and and, and just the explanations behind that. Yeah. Um, again, I don't know how. I don't think they really explain how or why Holmes said, "What church does he go to?" Because um, I don't remember that coming up at all. And he's like, and... Uh, yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. Yeah. And he's like, uh, does he sing? And what church? Like... Yeah. It's like, how do we get that? And I don't think that's ever explained. Uh, you might be right about that, because I don't recall either, now that you're mentioning it. I was so swept away in my uh, promo... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Mickey and Goofy. Mickey yeah. and Goofy <laughs> comparison. Yeah, you're right. I don't, I don't think so. I do like... Uh, I like Sherlock's disguise because I thought that was really clever. He was oh, as the carolers? Yeah. Yeah, I liked that too. Um, makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. That it he's does. Out there singing. And, and I think that's the way to handle Holmes' disguises at this point because, like I was saying, we're not fooled. Right. Like, but if it can be fun, then I don't need to be fooled. Right. Watson can be fooled. Other people can be fooled. But if I, the reader, am having fun see Holmes in a disguise, yeah. then I'm on board. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Anything else to add on this one? Um, 
No, like I said, I not a fan of the of the case itself, but a, a fan of the way Holmes and Watson were written. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Makes them feel very Christmas friendly. Yes, so on and so forth. Well, let's take a look at the third story, the Yuletide Affair by John Stussel. Um, and it looks like there is a foreword by the author. Yes, a little. I was uh, hoping it was something else when I was about to read it, and it wasn't. I thought it was going to be game-like, you know? like uh, uh, yeah. Like, here, here, so I found this story. I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know? Mm-hmm. It was just, uh, hey, what if... There's a, lot of Holmes, there's a lot of Holmes without Watson stories. Yeah. Although, ironically enough, he mentioned they're not as popular <laughs> or quality mm-hmm. uh he's like what what if there was a watson without home story right and I'm like all right <laughs> we'll give it a shot yeah watson for the holidays you know watson for the holidays. doesn't have that same ring to it it's true i agree that's weird a placement in this thing yeah it's you know homes for the holidays and we're gonna give you one that's just watson yeah it's very uh, I-, I have another interesting comparison uh yes. of how i felt about this story okay um you know how when there's a movie that comes out and it has some big names in it? Okay. Right? And there's also some side characters in it that are funny and entertaining, but they're not big names. Okay. And then when the movie gets released on, like, DVD, there's the movie, but then there's, like, an, an all-new bonus short film. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, man, with the, with the people from the movie? Nope. Nope. Just the side character. Okay. And maybe you get one glimpse of the person who was the real star of the movie at right. the end. Okay. And I'm like, ah, that's what this was. Then they kept talking about how, yeah, Holmes is here. Holmes is here. I'm like, but he's not, But though. he's not. Though. And it's like, this is just a Watson adventure. Like, yeah. I love Watson, but I don't want to see the amazing practices of, you know, Dr. Watson or whatever. Um I felt like this was like a, a short film that was added yeah. to a DVD of a real film. It was a Dr. House episode. <laughs> <laughs> Those of you who aren't familiar, House is uh, uh, was a, a TV show that was on for whew, eight or nine seasons, I yeah, think. Yeah, it, it was a long time. And um, again, another character that was modeled uh, from Sherlock Holmes. Yes. But imagine Sherlock Holmes in the medical world. <laughs> so that, that was Dr. House. Talk about pulling a fast one on House, though. I never, I liked House. It was entertaining, but I it was a de- it was a detective show that was a medical show, mm-hmm. and it was a detective show I could never figure out myself because I don't know anything about medical <laughs> stuff. Yeah, so I'm, like I couldn't figure. I oh, you know what I think it is? I think it's such and such. I never knew. It's always you know? lupus, Tom. <laughs> yeah. it's never, never lupus. lupus. It's never lupus. Yeah, I remember that. It's one of the biggest things. It's never, it's never lupus. Every other episode, somebody's like lupus. He's like no. <laughs> Not lupus. I think Every he time. uses the book on lupus for like a coaster or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh my uh, But yeah, so this is just Watson by himself. Um, and let's, although the, the it was sort of exciting. Yeah. Lestrade gets stabbed. Yeah, it's yeah. like, whoa. Yeah. He's, uh, he's laid up in a hospital bed, unresponsive. Yes. It's like, wow, we got some serious stuff going on here. Yeah. It seemed that way. Yeah, and <laughs> I I liked this. For what it was, okay. I liked it. All right, all right. I just felt that it's odd in a in a in a book of 
homes for the holiday stories. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it was really even based in Christmas. Like, there was nothing Christmassy about it. No, there wasn't, was there? No. Yeah. I guess it said it took place two weeks before Christmas, but that was about as much Christmas as we got. Yeah. I mean, you could take that line out and it could be a a story in another canon. I... You know? It's true. I don't... I don't know that I bought the... I don't know that I bought anything at the end, though. Okay. So, they're blaming this guy for stabbing the stride. Right. And we find out that no, Lestride happened to have a knife from a previous stabbing yeah. in his pocket, I guess of his coat. Yes. And he fainted while talking to someone and accidentally stabbed himself with the knife. Right. So, I have questions that were not answered. Same. Why was he carrying a knife from another murder in his coat pocket? Yeah. Also, what was he fainting from? Yes. Those, I feel like those are really important questions. Yeah, and what, why was he talking to... To the guy in the first place. To the guy in the first place. Who had that... some criminal background. Correct. <clears throat> although not a murderer. Yeah. So, I don't... I don't know. It seemed odd to me. To me, the real mystery of this story is, what murder did Lestrade just commit? (laughs) That he's pretending he was carrying evidence. Because that seems to be like the hokiest excuse ever. Like, oh no, this knife, I didn't just kill a guy. This is from another murder that happened a long time ago. I just happened to check it out of evidence and... Because it wasn't recent. Watson's like, the blood's real old and dried up. Yeah, they don't tell you where he was going with it. It's 100% true. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. And why did he faint? Like, is he he has some other medical condition, obviously, if he's just fainting in the middle of the street for no reason. Did he smack his head? Because I don't know if they said that. Well, they said he kind of grabbed him and, like, slowed his own fall. Right. Because I guess that's supposed to make you think it's fine. So then he didn't smack his head. Yeah. He only sustained, like, an inch inch stabbing. Yeah. It was about an inch. Yeah, because Watson said if the whole knife had went in, he would have been dead. You're right. Yeah. So why is he unresponsive? Yeah, they said, well, make they, any sense. they said it was because of his fainting spell, but they, but they never addressed salts. what that was. No, they didn't. And they said that they used smelling salts, yeah. and it was did nothing. Because he was out for a while. He was. And then when he came around, he just said a few half words. Yeah, and I'm not sure I buy that either, to be quite honest. Because he said, you know, essentially, S and then like art, sarts. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, he's St. Bart's, the hospital. I don't know... You can maybe you're different, but if I am fainting and accidentally stabbing myself on the street, <laughs> I don't know that the <clears throat> what I'm going to do if I need medical attention is to try to come up with the name of a hospital I want to go to. You know what I mean? Like my words are not going to be holy redeemer like that's not like that's not you know what i mean Mary. like it would be hell <laughs> right oh god how do you have the wherewithal at the time to be like 
all right, no, I don't want to go to that one. Um, no, that's not good. I've been there. No. Saint <laughs> Bart. No, no. Saint What's wrong with you? No one's doing that. Yeah. Let alone a trained police officer. Or was he? <clears throat> or was he saying <clears throat> that's where he was? <clears throat> Pardon me. You follow me? He's coming too, and it's like Saint Bart's. Am I at no? Saint because Bart's? the guy said he said sarts to him when he was <coughs> when he went down. Because Watson's like, did he say anything? He's like, nothing that made sense. He just said, sarts. And like, ah, he was saying, St. Bart. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think Watson, I think Lestrade just killed a guy named Sarts. And they took him to St. Bart's. He's like, yeah, yeah. It's a good theory. St. Bart's. That's what I meant. It's a good theory. Not Reginald Sarts that's dead over there. <laughs> <laughs> I have a theory. <laughs> What's your theory? A little bit varying on yours. <laughs> He said sarts, but it's missing a letter. <laughs> missing an H. So it's like an exclamation. Of an exclamation. Like, like, oh no, I've stabbed myself. Exactly. Yeah. Oh no, I've sharted in my pants. <laughs> um, and that's what happened. And apparently was so exposed to be passed out. <laughs> like I said, there's a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of questions here. Uh, the best part of the story to me was... Lestride and all the police Scotland Yard officers caroling later at the end yeah. when Holmes returns and Holmes is like, Hey, were you sick or something? And oh, yeah. and Watson and Lestride are like, eh, wink wink nudge nudge. Wink wink nudge. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, he wasn't sick. I did stab myself though. <laughs> and Watson's like, Yeah, we took care of it though. It was just, just a little Christmas stabbing. Just a little That's Christmas so. stabbing. Yeah. You would think that he would, the first thing he will do is be like, Holmes, you're never going to believe it. Yeah. Because that's like a feather in his cap. Wait, why would Watson keep this to himself for two yeah. weeks? Of course he wouldn't. He'd be like, I solved a thing. I solved a thing. I'm not sure how he solved it. He solved it all, quote, off screen, as it were, off page. <laughs> yeah. He's like, that was a little bit too much of a story whiplash to me at that point. Yeah. It was like sent one sentence on the page was like, Watson's like, I'll be right back. Don't touch anything for a half an hour. Sentence two. So anyway, Lestride is doing fine. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. What? I think, see, here's the thing. Watson found Reggie Sartz. And um, <laughs> <laughs> he found the body. He, he's helping Lestride cover it up to like, wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas oh, yeah. time. Christmas a little time. Christmas stabbing. That's all it was. That's fantastic. They didn't even say it was it's a, a dark... stabbing. Yeah. They were like, oh, it's the that uh, whatever that flu is that's going around. Yeah. And then Holmes was like, oh, well, Merry Christmas to Merry all. Merry Christmas to all. <laughs> it's true. I, d I do like that the guy that they were trying to finger for the, for, for the incident. Yeah. He totally, totally changed his tune. Yeah. And yeah. so much so that, like, he's like, I'll totally work at the prison. Yeah. By being there as, like, basically trying to talk people out of this horrible life that they're in. Yes. Like, you, you're you going down a wrong road. I think he was the best character in the story. Yeah. Because even even the point where they were really going to finger him for this crime. Yeah. And he was bawling. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and he he jumped off the page to me, th this guy. Yeah. Um, Shadwell, was that was that his name? I think um, so. Yeah. Shadwell, I think yeah. he was my favorite part of the, of the story. Yeah, he yeah. was a he was a cool character. He was yeah. a good character, and I, I, I liked his arc. Yes, of how that went because he was just like a petty theft, petty thief, and he's like, 
I never carry a knife. Yeah. It's like, I don't carry weapons. Like, I, yeah. I, this is not me. Yeah. You know? And, and they're like, look, I, I feel like when somebody says to you, look, this is it. Yeah. Tell the truth. You're going to swing from a noose. Right. Usually they tell the truth. <laughs> now, if you're stubborn and go, and you lie, well, that's all <laughs> right. you. Yeah. But I don't think that's how this was. Like, and they just didn't right. see that. Yeah. And he, yeah, he's like, I never carry a knife. You know why? Because sometimes you accidentally faint for no reason and stab yourself. <laughs> like poor Lestrade Like here. poor Lestrade. Although, and there's like, a, again, another little bit of a wild leap at the very end of the story. After the story ends with Lestrade and uh, the uh, and McDonald and Watson Holmes all laughing themselves silly at Christmas. Yes. Um, then there's this weird letter at the end from like a little while later. And it's like, Hey Watson. Yeah, you can publish my story. No problem. Your humble servant, Professor Shadwell of Queen Elizabeth college. Yeah. So not only did he go and help, you know, scared straight, but now he's a professor at a college. Yeah. And how did we get there? Yeah, I don't know. I guess this is supposed to be years down the road. I don't know. Okay, so that's dated 1923 in the letter at the end. So let's see. Is there a date for the story in the beginning? I think there is. Uh, there's got to be, right? 19... December 1923. That's... That's... So the... What? Okay, so some... <laughs> Probably this guy... Mike, look, look, you look, look on page 161 of this book, Mike, and you tell me that it does not say towards the bottom of the page, the time is December 1923. Right, you saw that? I'm flipping to that. Okay. I, I, my page you, numbers are you, different oh, from are they, oh, oh, you have a hardback. Yeah. So right here, it says, the time is December 1923. Okay. Right? Christmas time, which, yes. by the way, for those of you who don't know, late December 1923. Late December is when Christmas falls, <laughs> 25th. Only a week left in the year by the time Christmas comes around. I think we can all uh, vouch for that fact. Okay. Right? And so this letter arrives Christmas 1923. So if the story happens two weeks before Christmas in 1923. So somewhere... In the span of two weeks, can we can we say that this story is telling us in the span of two weeks, this guy went from being a criminal accused of murder mm-hmm. to being a help prisoners get scared straight to <laughs> being a professor at Queen Elizabeth College in the span of two weeks. Yeah, you're right. It's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike's confirming all the dates. God. He's seeing them. <laughs> He's seeing it. Time is it doesn't track. 23 and the mail's arrived. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't track. It does Listen, not. Mr. Uh, Mr. John uh, Stossel, I put it to you that your story makes no sense. <laughs> at least in that regard. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> All you had to do <laughs> was make that like 1925 or something that I'd probably that's be it. on board with you. Yep. Maybe it was a typo. Who knows? But that's two weeks, man. That's, I don't. There's no way. What excuse do any of us have for not turning our life around? That's when, <laughs> yeah. this, guy, this guy can do it all. 
in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's it, man. Guy went from career petty theft and has become a professor yeah. at college. I mean, what's wrong with us? Uh, apparently we're not doing it right, Tom. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently we shouldn't be doing this podcast. We should be out there doing something else. Yeah, because you know what? It's about, you know, it's a little over a month till Christmas, and I guarantee you I'm not going to be this far, uh, you know. <laughs> you mean you're not going to be a professor, tenured professor by the end of the month? <laughs> God. I don't think so. That's fine. I mean, I can try. Try. Yo, college try. <laughs> The old wow. Queen Elizabeth College try, apparently. Yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, correspondence course. That's what it was. <laughs> it was a two-week correspondence <laughs> night course. That's, now he's a professor. <laughs> he, he a, a correspondence course in, in London 1923. <laughs> <laughs> By telegram, it was. By telegram. Think. Yeah, there you go. Telegram. <laughs> Expensive telegrams. Uh, I would, I'm glad I have to write papers via telegram to my professor. <laughs> Quarter a word. <laughs> you broke. <laughs> my thesis statement is stop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. It's awesome. Story makes me feel bad about myself, Mike. <laughs> I <laughs> feel real bad about myself. It's fantastic. <laughs> but you know what? I will say all three of these stories tonight were better than all the stories we read last year. I think so. In, in, in the same book. So. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, like looking at this book as a whole. Yeah. The stories are, they're not quality. They're not high quality. <laughs> They're not. You would think for an officially authorized yeah. collection of stories, they would be. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's the 90s. And I think that in the 90s, mystery... Nobody gave a crap about quality? Well, well yeah, actually, sort <laughs> of, right? And I would say that mystery novels might have been at their peak volume in the 90s. Like, for okay. output, right? You know, like, uh-huh. there were a lot of mystery novels being put out in the 90s. Okay. Like, it's like it's almost like the 80s for comic books, right? I think we had this conversation once upon a time, yeah, right? Like the ni- yeah. There were so many comic they books put out in the 80s, they were, like, worthless, right? Yeah. I think in the 90s, I mean, this 90s was the, the peak of Barnes & Noble. Okay. Borders, right? I didn't but know that. I, I, I'm, I'm I'm sort of making up. Uh, <laughs> I'm no no I'm I'm making up um, well educated stats. All right. Remember, uh, folks, I'm not the one lying to you right now. <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking back into my own past, I right? Gotcha, gotcha. And I'm like, okay, so in the '90s, <laughs> which is when I was growing up, the the Borders and Barnes and Nobles really kind of first made the scene, mm-hmm. right? But they hadn't. Chased out all the smaller, you know, Walden books, B. Dalton's yet, right? Right. So there were, there was like as many chain bookstores as there was ever going to be, I think. Okay. I think that's a well-educated hypothesis, sort of. Yeah, I mean, they Listen, were, they I were took this correspondence course on, <laughs> on this. But since the time we started this podcast, I am now an expert. 
Uh, it can be done. It can be done. Um, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. I, I just think it was a lot of output for mystery novels. Because uh, mysteries were just probably even on TV. Like, all the people that used to star in old shows now were solving mysteries in their old age on, on other TV shows, yeah. you know? Matlock and Diagnosis Murder and, you know... All, I think mysteries were just super, super popular. And anytime something gets super, super popular... Yeah. You get, like, popcorn candy-style versions of it. Yeah. And... You know, I, I, it's like we got a money maker. Let's just spit it. Yeah, out. let's churn it out. And I think maybe that's what this is a, a byproduct yeah. of. Because I bought this, I bought this paperback version of this book mm-hmm. on a Borders bookstore shelf, right in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. For your own edification. Okay. All right. Here I'm gonna be proven wrong. Here we go. Mike looked stuff up. <laughs> Barnes & Noble was founded in 1886, so I'm not quite sure if it took 100 years for them to hit their heyday. Just say. <laughs> it was founded in 1886? 1886, 137 years ago as Arthur Hines & Company in New York City. Barnes & Noble was founded before this story took place? Yeah. Charles M. Barnes, William Barnes, G. Clifford Noble. Well, I'm dashed. I'm dashed. That's it, man. All right. Well, uh, everything I said was a crock. So <laughs> uh, I was trying to give an excuse for why the poor quality of stories existed. That's it. There is no excuse. We tried. There's no excuse. <laughs> That's it. Quality's quality. There's no excuse. All right. Well, there wasn't a Barnes Noble near me in 1886. So. It took a hundred years. It took a hundred years to make it down. To make way. it down to Northeast Philly. That's fantastic. That's cool <laughs> that you bought that on off a like brand new. Oh I yeah, found brand mine new at a yeah. used bookstore. I found the years the, ago the second volume more homes. I found at a used okay. bookstore. but the That's first cool. volume was yeah Borders. Nice. Yeah, very cool. Yeah the the place that I found these I found both volumes at the same time. Um, it's no longer there, and it's a shame, but it was in Cranberry, New Jersey. Oh, I remember you. T- oh, yeah, yeah. You man. took me there that did, one time. Yeah, that's right. I yep. did. That was a good time. That's where I found them. The, yeah. for, and I don't think I've mentioned on this show before, but there was this used bookstore that was around for 30, 40 years in Cranberry, New Jersey, and it occupied a, an old Victorian home. And so you went inside, and just all the rooms were filled with books. Mm. You know, each room was a different section. And um, it was there that I found Homes for the Holidays and the second volume. Nice. So it's I miss that place dearly. My dad took us there when we were small mm. and just kind of grew up going there and making trips. And Yeah. So, but that's cool that you bought that off of, in the 90s, bought that off of a oh, yeah. order shelf. I, I would venture, if I were to go through my shelf, I probably have quite a few Homes novels that I bought. Uh, new from a Borders or a Barnes and Noble. Very nice. Or uh, I know for sure the Encyclopedia Sherlockiana uh, that I have on my shelf. No way. Uh, that was not. It was from a Atlantic bookshop. Okay. In Wildwood, New Jersey. Okay. All See, right. I think I think Mike, you we know that we have a problem with book buying. Yes. When we can look at our books. And know exactly where and when we bought them. 
and we feel an emotional attachment <laughs> to the uh, yeah. to this scenario, you yeah, know. I agree. And uh, yeah, because I mean, borders no longer exist at all. I nope. think it's gone completely, and Atlantic Books is gone completely as well. Uh, there was oh, one wow. in every shore point in Jersey for. for oh a while. no way! Yeah, every shore okay. point had at least one Atlantic Books, whether it be on a boardwalk or in like a town area. How about that? I loved them because they had, they had like you know. Regular books, but they always had a great bargain section. Okay. And, um, and every now and then, you'd be out and about somewhere in Jersey, and you would see an Atlantic book warehouse. Okay. Which was sort of like those bargain book traveling warehouses. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But these, these stayed. And I was like, yes. Nice. And uh, I, I got many a book from those as well. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Very, very dope. Yeah. There was a, do you remember Second Chance Books? Second Chance Books. In Lovatown. Yes, yes, I do. I was so sad to see that guy. Oh, yeah. It was in the, uh, uh, I was in there a few times, so I got to know the, the woman that was in there. And it was just, uh, I thought it was such a, a, a cool little place. Yeah. Um, pricing was very simple. Yeah. If you remember, paperbacks were two for three bucks. Yep. Hardbacks were two for five. Um, unless marked otherwise. Oh, what great prices. Um, oh, I know. It's <laughs> incredible. Um, that was, that was a blast. Yeah. You know, but I always finally remember, still in existence, uh, Hooked on Books in Wildwood, New Jersey. If you're ever in that area, uh, please go there. Um, first used bookstore I was ever at, and uh, I still go there at least once a year. And, uh, I make sure I buy at least one thing every time I go mm-hmm. because I want to see them stay in business. Um, but I got so many Sherlock Holmes books from there. Nice. And uh, the other one I think I remember most used bookstore is uh, it. Oh, I, it was on Street Road here in this Philadelphia area. Uh, it was called Abby's Bookcase. Yeah. Oh, do you so remember that one? I do. You brought me there. Oh, okay. Second Street Pike. Yeah. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. So a uh, little strip mall. Um and uh, nothing could prepare you for entering Abby's bookcase. Nope. Abby was always there. Uh, shout out to Abby, wherever you are. Um, mm-hmm. But nothing could prepare you because uh, not the every shelf was full. And every shelf had a pile of more books in front of it. Yep. And Abby herself sat at the front desk... As if the queen of a mountain of books. Like a dragon horde. Yes. Just, they just <laughs> flowed from her. Yeah. And it was so disorganized in there. Oh, uh, nothing was alphabetized. No. Not, you couldn't find... N- you could, but it made the hunt it that did. much more satisfying it does. when you found something. You're like, it oh, does. here it is. Struck yeah. gold. And, uh, and I, I remember the prices being sort of reasonable. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a long time. But I mean, I shoot, I'd go back there again. I mean, it's gone. Yeah. But. <laughs> no, that was fun. I remember telling a, another friend of mine about that one time when it was still in business. He's like, I always want to use bookstore. I'm like, let me tell you about this one. He's like, oh, yeah. I said, but I said, just be ready. You're not going to be ready when you go in there. He's like, it'll be <laughs> fine. I saw him about a week later. He's like, I wasn't ready. I wasn't, wasn't ready. ready. <laughs> you were right. It was crazy in there. <laughs> my, uh, Dave, my brother, he, uh, he was, uh, you know, in a used bookstore, and he brought the, home these two books uh, from the same shop. They were, like, a couple books away from each other. Lawrence Olivier's two biographies. Oh, wow. One was his bi- autobiography, and the other was 
like him on on acting. Oh, okay. So Dave brings him home, and I was leafing through it, and there was like piece of mail. Yeah. In front. And I'm like, I said, oh, Dave, I think this is yours. And he's like, that's not mine. I'm like, no. So, like, I, like I'm like i looking at it and I open it. Tom? Yeah? It was a letter to somebody here in the United States. Yeah? From Lawrence Olivier. Whoa! Yep. Typewritten. He signed it. Wow. Um, in pristine condition. Wow. And the envelope. And I was like, Dave, 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 Dave. He showed it to him, and he was just as dumbfounded as I was. So now he's got it framed in his apartment. In, in Did he his, ever get uh, it authenticated? Oh, it's authenticated. Okay. I mean, right. it just the nature of that, it was from sure. the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, just looking at that. It's 100% real. Nice. Because, like, the envelope had the had the postage stamp on yeah. it, like the cancellation, everything, ch- you know, just That's looking at it. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, man. And I was like, what are the odds? Yeah. I was like, this is so incredible. So that's hanging on his wall. I, I've gotten a few books that were accidentally autographed. So um, have I. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I'm going to believe everything that I've gotten is real, and I'm sure oh, the yeah. letter. But, um, wouldn't it be kind of fun and a little sadistic if um, we went into some used bookstores <laughs> and uh, decided we were going to plant letters and sign That's things, fantastic. right? Yeah, it's uh, George Burns. You know. <laughs> That's funny. Chuck Dickens, you know. Chuck, Chuck. That's how you know it's real. Only his friends called him Chuck. Chaz Dickens. Chaz Dickens. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, that looks legit. This checks out. God. I know. There was, be fun. It reminds me, uh, Heather and I went to this res- uh, this resort in the Poconos, and um, we were coming home. We we're on our way up there. It's like a three hour drive, and um, we stop at this bagel shop. It's yeah. in the middle of nowhere in New Jersey. <laughs> I mean, it's like farmland. I'm looking yeah. around. It's, like it's all fields, and we go in, and Tom, the walls were covered in signed headshots from. All these different actors. I mean, Brad Pitt. I mean, everybody. And I'm looking around like this. I'm like, no way. I'm like, this is the middle of nowhere. Like, Brad Pitt's like, best bagels ever. Brad Pitt. I went out, and I said to Heather, and I'm like, I said, Bob's in the back, signing away these things, man. Like, boom, boom, boom. Thanks for the greatest bagel. Stamp, stamp, stamp. And throwing them up. And they're like, they're up a little bit higher, so it's not like you can go over and look at it and analyze it. You're just like, wow, this really is the best bagels in the world. I love that. I, I, who knows? They could have been real, but yeah. it's that's what went through my head as a fun yeah. the explanation yeah. for it. I'm sure. I'm sure they're all real. George Clooney, Bob Hope, and Jimmy Carter all went to the same bagel shop. That's, I don't see how that possibly <laughs> sounds like the beginning of a joke. <laughs> 
George Clooney and uh, <laughs> Bob Hope and uh, Jim Carrey walk into a bagel shop. Yeah. These are the best bagels we've ever had. We want to sign some headshots. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I mean, that's that's how you get people in. People want to go look at the fake headshots. That, sound, that, sounds, like, that sounds like good style to me. Like, yeah, go. <laughs> go check this place out. Yeah. Like, there are people from Law and Order. And I'm like... <laughs> You know, you're not even shooting out here. <laughs> yeah, Lord Order's not coming to no. farmland, New Jersey. No! To go shoot an episode. Like you're shooting in a city. <laughs> not nowhere, New Jersey. <laughs> you just gotta watch. You gotta watch. He doesn't accidentally sign some, like, that have passed away, you know? Oh, you know, like... yeah! <laughs> Mickey Rooney, 2022. Hey, I don't think I so. I don't think so. <laughs> Judy Garland, 20, Judy, Judy Garland. 20, 2020. <laughs> this doesn't look right. Yeah. Uh, she wouldn't fit in those ruby slippers anymore. <laughs> I think the coolest autograph I found, I didn't find many autograph books. Um, oh, wow. So, one of them is autographed. L- let me put this into perspective here. Okay. So, it's a religious book. Okay. And it's dedicated by the author to D.L. Moody. Oh, wow. Okay. Pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Um, Moody's a big name. Yeah. In, uh, in, in, in Christian the, publishing, in yeah, Christian in, world. In yeah. Christian world. So, I was like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, that was one that was neat. Another one, Buzz Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin? Buzz Aldrin's autograph in a book. Wow. And, like, I looked it up, and I'm like, that's his signature, all right? Wow. And I'm looking at the book, like, trying to make sure it's not, like, a stamp. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, I turned over the leaf, and there's the impression of the letters. Oh, okay. It was written on there. Yeah, And I'm like, this is cool. That is cool. Um, Very, very cool. And then I found two other books that were both by the same author, uh, True Crime Stuff. Okay. And um, written by, uh, signed by the author. I was like... Pretty dope. I got a, I got Jack Klugman uh, from The Odd Couple. No way. Yeah. Uh, it was a, a website that traded books back and forth, paperback book swap. I think it's oh, still yeah, in yeah. existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I, I requested that book from somebody. That's how they worked. And you just traded back and forth. It's a book about his friendship between Jack Klugman and Tony Randall. How about that? And uh, it came signed by Jack Klugman. That's awesome. That's awesome. And he's since passed away. I mean, that's, yeah. that's an amazing thing to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me ask you this question. Yeah. Um, a couple summers ago, uh, wife and I were, I forget where we were going or where we were coming from, but we ended up stopping at the Jimmy Stewart Museum. No way. In Jimmy Stewart's hometown. Uh, he was from a, a town in Pennsylvania, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I forget the name of it. But uh, as most of those small hometowns, you know, they have a museum, you know. Mm-hmm. We went to the Andy Griffith Museum when we were out in North Carolina <clears throat> or whatever. And so, Jimmy Stewart Museum. Totally. If you're ever out there, oh my goodness, please stop there. Okay. They got his suits from movies. Oh, they wow, had cool. his booth, his actual booth from his favorite restaurant when it existed. Oh, wow. It's crazy. It's awesome. Um, and then I saw a sign, autographed photos of Jimmy Stewart. I said, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Jimmy Stewart, he hasn't been with us for a long time. Yeah. How are there still a 
you know, like a stack of autograph in one place glossies. <laughs> yeah, glossies. <laughs> I don't understand this. Yeah. So I had to investigate a little closer. Because first of all, of course. if there was a legitimate Jimmy Stewart autograph glossy for sale for like fifteen bucks, I was going to purchase that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from the Jimmy Stewart Museum. Absolutely. If it was real. But then I find out that they were I forget the name of it. They were signed using essentially an autograph machine. Now, I don't know if you've heard of these. I, I, I forget what they're called, but it's essentially a machine that has been pre-programmed to sign exactly the same way that a celebrity has signed, or I guess anyone, has signed their signature. <clears throat> so that it's as if a celebrity is signing it even though it's not done by their hand. What are your thoughts on that? It's not a real autograph. Okay. It, I mean... So the fact that I paid 50 foot... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't buy one. I'd I say Tommy one. got robbed. <laughs> That's what I say. I did not buy one. But, I mean, they they must be selling well enough for them to have them. Yeah, I mean, if it's a novelty thing and they're like, oh, $10... Yeah. That's cool. You get yeah. a headshot with a signature on it. Yeah. It, it, it was his signature. Right, And it was right. just mimicked onto it. Yeah. Um, that's fine. But, like, if you're like, we have this signed autographed picture of Jimmy Stewart. Let the bidding start at $300. <laughs> uh-uh. Yeah, because you don't really have, you have no. a robotic forgery, Correct. essentially. That's what it is, yeah. It's a forgery machine. It's a, it's a forged signature. <laughs> but uh, I just, I had never seen or heard of that before. Interesting. And uh, it baffled me. Yeah. I, I didn't want one, but, you know. I hate to tell you this, but the, the machine that they're referring to, yeah, it's Mark sitting in the back of the, of the shop <laughs> signing away. <laughs> <laughs> Mark's pretty good. Mark's pretty good. He looks just like <laughs> No, I opted cool. for not. I opted instead for a uh, magnet that said, No man is a failure who has friends. Jimmy Stewart Museum. Quote from It's a Wonderful Life. And um, even though I am not a drinking man, mm-hmm. I did buy a shot glass from... Um, oh, that's cool. The With the name of the... Uh, oh, Martini's. Martini's Bar. Oh, that's awesome. From It's a Wonderful Life. That's as if so it was cool. a real place. Yeah. So that's I have awesome. that sitting in my cabinet. Every now and then mm-hmm. I'll have a little glass of iced tea. You know, but... That's cool. <laughs> Very very small glass of ice. You got, I think it's it's in a jar, isn't it? One of one of Jimmy Stewart's fingers that you bought there. It's in yes, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They had, but you know what? They had like fifteen of them, so I don't know <laughs> what machine they had doing yeah. that. Like the indulgences of the middle, <laughs> middle ages. Yeah, they had fifteen fingers, but that, that was weird. Eighteen out of twelve. And every time somebody bought expanded. one, they they put another one out. You know, so. <laughs> It's just a forgery. They, uh, you know, this was Jimmy Stewart's fingerprint. Really, you just, you really just was. buy it. You know, there's a doing them too. There's a movie uh, done about Martin Luther, uh, not Martin Luther King Jr. folks, but Martin Luther, the guy that started the Protestant uh, Protestant Revolution and the and the Christian Church, and um, it was uh, Joe Fiennes or Joe Fiennes. Oh, I guess. yeah, I think it's called Luther. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. My yeah. favorite part is when he's talking to one class. About like the absurdity of the times of what the church is doing with the right. and everything else, 
And he's like, he's like, did you know that 18 out of 12 apostles are buried in Spain? And I was, I was dying. I was dying because that's something they would do. Like every church had like this, yeah. a relic. And I was just, it was just really funny. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen that movie, but it was pretty good if, if I remember correctly. He did a great performance. Oh, I, I like I him. Really, yeah. I really Joseph, like Joseph Fiennes, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty good. His older brother, I feel like, is the more... Ray Fiennes. Yeah. yeah. Like, he played M. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's been a lot of stuff. He was just, Voldemort. He was just uh, in that movie, like, last... Uh, the movie about, like, the weird dinner. Uh, wasn't that him? Yeah. Ray Fiennes, I forget mm-hmm. what it's called. Yeah, I think it's called The Weird Dinner. Dinner. It was called The Weird Dinner, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rafe and The Weird Dinner. It's based on a children's book. <laughs> Sequel to Cloudy with a Chance of Meatball. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore, Mike. <laughs> I'm having a good time. It's what happens when you don't give us a novel. We just read the short <laughs> stories and we end up talking about Jimmy Stewart's fingers. Fingers and toes. We talked about books. It's all book related. We talked about books. Then we talked about Jimmy Stewart's fingers and the Protestant Reformation. We'll listen to your fallacies <laughs> about Barnes and Noble. <laughs> It could have been true. It was true until you looked it up. It's true until you looked it up. That's my motto. <laughs> See, man, there's, there's a movie, uh, there's a shooter with Mark uh, Wahlberg. Okay. But anyway, the corrupt politician that's featured in it is played by Tom Beatty. And one of the quotes uh, from him out of the movie, he's like, he's telling this story. Like, it's like they cut in, he's, it's like halfway while he's telling the story. Yeah. And he's like... And he he said he said the truth. He's like the truth is what I say it is. And I'm like, holy smokes, man! This made me think of that. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think that's that's what most people live by today, right? That's it. It's, it's true until you look it up. Yeah, we got. That's a phrase right there. I know some. Uh, I know somebody, and uh, the the phrase for him goes, uh, "He's right until he's not." <laughs> <laughs> works too <laughs> oh my goodness it's <laughs> good stuff but i think well, let's let, let me yeah, see what here. are we reading next week exactly let's see here next, next three stories and homes for the holidays is the adventure of the christmas tree william okay. l d'andrea all right flip into the table of content there the adventure go. of the christmas ghosts yes. by bill Kreider. And then Thief of Twelfth Night, Carol Nelson Douglas. Okay, I recognize that name, Carol Nelson Douglas. Okay. Is she the one that used to write, like, all the the ABC mysteries? No, that's Sue Grafton. Oh, you're right. All right. I still recognize the name. I don't know what for, though. You weren't close, though. I... (laughs) She wrote the one, two, three mysteries. One, two, three mysteries. (laughs) Yeah, No, poor Carol Nelson Douglas. Now I gotta look her up. See, it's true until I look it up. So, <laughs> Carol Nelson Douglas. She is an author. Uh, she, yeah, she is an author. No, no kidding, because uh, she wrote this story. Um, <laughs> oh, you know where I recognize her name? She might have written other things, but um, I remember seeing these in bookstores. She is the one that wrote the series of Irene Adler novels. Oh, okay. Uh, in in the 90s, in by the, the 90s. way. Uh, 92, I'm looking at. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I remember seeing, I never read one, but I remember I saw them on a lot of shelves back in the day. Cool. 
uh, series of Irina Adler mysteries. That's neat. Yeah. Okay. So she is definitely qualified, it seems, to be writing a Sherlock Holmes short story. It would seem so. Yeah. I am. I wonder if Irina Adler will be in it. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, we'll find out the next companion week. companion piece. Yeah. Well, no, not next week's Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, not next week. So, so the week after. sometime in the future, before Christmas. <laughs> Thanks for setting the schedule that time for me. Uh, I know what I was going to do, but thank you for... According to Tom, you might hear from us by the end of the year. Maybe not. <laughs> nah, you will. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, these stories are too fun not to keep doing anyway, so... And there's got to be more shorts. There's got to be more Christmas stories out there. Besides these two volumes, Besides these two volumes. yeah. I know there's some novels. I've seen some novels. Yeah. I know there was a new novel released oh, last Christmas year. Christmas Demon. <laughs> yeah, well, but I know one released last year. There was one called "What Child Is This?" Um, and the name escapes me. But it's a, like it's a, it's one in a series of novels written by the same author. Okay. And that came out. I saw that come out last year. Nice. Um, so yeah, then there's more out there, you know. But and then we have to get, you know. Uh, Holmes, ring in the Holmes New Year, home happy. Never mind. <laughs> I was going for something there. It didn't work. So, sure, uh, I'm the one drinking during this thing, Tom. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I have uh, just just some Coca Cola, but that's uh, it, man. That's sugar high. <laughs> <laughs> My school eye. vacation starts next week. I'm 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 getting to the point where I need it. So, there we uh, go. <laughs> there he is. He's back. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> well, in, until next time, folks, that's our, our kickoff, the three Christmas stories so far. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed us sitting here talking about books and whatnot. Yeah. Um, if you don't like books, what are you doing? Listen to this. Yeah, that's it's true. It's If you feel that comedy <laughs> books should never, never, never intersect on a road, then this may not be the podcast for you. That's the name of that's a, that's a disclaimer on a true crime podcast I listen to the two comedians. <laughs> and you're like, if you feel that comedy and crime should never, ever cross paths, he's like, please, please don't listen. Please move on. Um, he's like, we go out of our way not to make fun of the victim or the victim's families. Sure. Um, it's not that's what good. we're here to do. Yeah. He's like, we make, f- he's like, the guy that committed the crime, he deserves it. We'll make fun <laughs> of him all day long. So... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, they, they, they first, uh, again, another rabbit trail. Who cares? No. <laughs> um, they, uh, they, they start a small town murder. Okay. And, um, they, after like the first two episodes, they, people were complaining. Really? And he's, and, you know, like, I think it was the third episode. He's like, folks, I, I don't, it, then don't listen. <laughs> yeah. you know he's no like no one's uh, forcing you to to listen yeah. he's like you know what this podcast is yeah. he's like we tell you up front he said it's like if if i tell you it, it's really it's funny but it sounds not funny hearing myself say it out loud <laughs> he said if i'm if i'm on my way to rob a convenience store and i told you i was Okay, and you go with me, and you're in the car while I go in and, and splatter the woman's brains all over the vodka and cigarettes. He's like, "You're part of this." Yeah. <laughs> you, had like, you had advanced warning. You had advanced warning of what I was going to do. Yeah. So he's like, "Please, just don't listen." Yeah. I, we do have a friend that uh, he listens occasionally, and uh, I'm not going to say his name because I'm going to make fun of him in a minute, but. Uh, <laughs> He listens occasionally, and he said to me, he's like, hey, you, you guys are pretty good. 
Uh, you ever think about talking about something other than Sherlock Holmes? Um, no. Because it's a Sherlock Holmes podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if you don't want to hear us talk about Sherlock Holmes, I'm sure that you can find something else to listen to, right? Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, Mark, if you... uh. <laughs> It's not, Mark. it's not Mark. No, Mark listens. Hi, Mark. I know, know. I know Mark listens. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll definitely start back up after Thanksgiving. Yes. Um. So be ready for that. Um. Yeah. So I I think that's it, Tom. I think that's it. Closing remarks here. No, I said a lot of stuff. Some of it was true. Some of it wasn't. So I think I'm good for now. <laughs> Support your local bookstores. Yes, that your is independent true. bookstores, folks, because they're di- the dying breed. Yeah. So if there's ones near you and you're thinking about buying a book, go check them out first. And, and then and then uh, show us what show us what cool Sherlock Holmes books you found. Go, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah please, please show us show us your wares. Yeah. Ta- tag us. Yeah. Shoot it in an email. You know, there's always. Um, Sherlock Holmes books wouldn't even know exist. You yeah, know? it's true. There's so many of them, and that's that's a that's that's a standing standing request, folks. Yeah. So, believe me, we want to interact with you uh, as much as we want to. We want you to interact with us as much as we want to interact with you. So, without further ado, happy holidays to everybody. Yes, enjoy in America here. Enjoy your turkey. Don't eat too much. Or you'll fall asleep in the mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so. We'll catch you next time. Hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you later. See ya. Do you like movies? Of course you do. But are your favorite movies feeling stale and no longer exciting? You just wish you could switch up the actors? Finally, there's a solution with our brand new Rathbone replacement technology. No matter what movie you're in the mood for, you can replace the lead actor with Basil Rathbone. Tired of seeing Tom Hanks stuck on that island? Rathbone replacement. Need someone other than Robin Williams to squeeze into that fat suit? Rathbone replacement. Now Basil himself can don the black suit alongside Will Smith. Find out where Uncle Billy left the money. Beat up Biff and even take the ring back to Mordor. All with Rathbone replacement. Call today for more info. Please note, all movies will now be set in World War II. Thank you, everybody, for joining us once again for iHeart Sherlock Podcast. You could be doing anything with anybody anywhere right now, but you've decided to take your hard-earned free time and stop by and listen to Tom and I uh, chew the fat about some Sherlock Holmes stories. We're so glad that you joined us today. We're looking forward to next time, where we'll continue having a good time sleuthing together. Yes, sir. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and please click and like uh, and subscribe on Spotify uh, and coming soon to other podcast platforms.